The year 2020 has taught us that you cannot prepare yourself for every possible scenario. It's funny to think back to the start of the new year. I'm one of those people that chooses a word to guide her actions in the new year, and this year the word I chose for myself was prepare. I decided that this year, 2020, I would get my act together when it came to matters of emergency preparedness. At the start of the year, I thought to myself, we have things like tornadoes and blizzards in Sioux Falls. I should check to make sure my family has a reasonable supply of water, food, backup power sources, and the like. So with a checklist from FEMA in hand, I took stock of what we had in our basement storage closet, and bit by bit, I worked on building a preparedness stash. And just in case you think I'm exaggerating, please observe this large container I ordered on the internet of freeze-dried, pre-cooked, scrambled eggs with ham and peppers. I have several of these bad boys in my basement. Thank you very much. <laughs> the Olsen household is now reasonably prepared for a blizzard or a brief power outage. But we were not ready for the impact of the current pandemic. This slow burn of supply shortages and social distancing canceled plans, virtual school, economic fallout, civil unrest, contentious elections, concerns which have heightened for months on end and will likely continue well into 2021 as much as we hate to think about that. My plans to prepare my family for emergencies only took us so far. I don't sleep that much better at night thinking, well, you know, at least I've got these scrambled eggs in my basement. Uh, if anything, my awareness of how dependent we are on each other has heightened. And the only thing I think these eggs will be good for is celebrating with my friends once the worst of this pandemic ends. These eggs are good for 30 years, so <laughs> what do you say y'all come over when this is done and we'll all take a ceremonial bite? <laughs> it's like the closest I've ever got to just outright clapping. <laughs> First Lutheran. Ah, oh, well, the preparations I made for my family at the start of this year, they haven't helped us weather the challenges that are currently upon us. At one point or another in life, you will find yourself unprepared for something no matter what you do. You can't prepare yourself for everything. Today's gospel reading gets us thinking about what it means to be prepared or made ready for the joy of heaven. Jesus tells this parable about 10 bridesmaids, five found themselves prepared for a wedding feast, and five were unprepared. 
The 10 bridesmaids were likely gathered with their friend, the bride, at her home, awaiting the arrival of the groom and his men. Together, they planned to join in a joyful procession throughout the village over to the home the groom had prepared for his bride. Once the bride and groom entered the home together with their friends and family, then a feast there would mark their beginning of their life together as husband and wife. With this party taking place at night, back before the days of street lamps, of course, you'd need to have your own lamps ready. So each bridesmaid had her lamp filled with oil, enough for what was planned. But the bridegroom did not arrive when expected. In fact, he took much longer to arrive than any of the women had anticipated. They all got drowsy and began to doze off. At midnight, there was a shout, he's here. But the lamps of the groggy bridesmaids were beginning to go out just as the fun was getting ready to start. Five were prepared with an extra flask of oil so that they could quickly refill and then join in the celebration. Five had no extra oil with them and there wasn't enough to be shared so these unprepared bridesmaids would be sent out into the darkness, sent on a futile errand to find an oil dealer in the middle of a dark night. Whatever happened to those bridesmaids in the darkness, whether they were able to get oil for their lamps or not, we do not know. All that we know is that when they finally made their way over to the wedding banquet, it was too late to be let in. The door was shut, with the groom replying to them plainly, I do not know you. So how are we to interpret this parable? We begin by understanding that the bridegroom represents Jesus. We, that is the hearers of this parable, are the bridesmaids. The oil in the lamps represent the gift of faith. And the wedding banquet is symbolic of eternal life. Therefore, a lot of people take the moral of the story to be this. We need to prepare ourselves through works of faith in order to make ourselves ready for the banquet of eternal life by works of faith. We mean things like we get busy going to church, praying fervently. We study our Bibles, serve others, sing spiritual songs, support the church financially, believe the right doctrines and the like. And in all these things, of course, we do not lose heart. A lot of people will look at this passage and say, do these good works of faith, don't stop doing them, and in this way you will be ready when the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, comes knocking. Your flask of oil will be filled to the brim and you will be ready to join in the feast of heaven. But all good Lutherans know it's not the stuff that we do that gets us ready for heaven, right? Other scriptures make this clear. We don't, 
through our own deeds and efforts, prepare ourselves. If we cannot adequately prepare ourselves for, say, the events of 2020, how can we possibly prepare ourselves for something like eternal life, that promise which no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human mind has fully conceived. Let us believe and trust that it is God who makes us fully ready for the hope of heaven. At the end of time, through the work of God's Son, Jesus, some will be made ready for the banquet of heaven. But this passage also teaches us that some will not be prepared or made ready for that day. The idea that some would be shut out of a feast of eternal life can really trouble us. We could talk about God's grace and mercy and forgiveness all day, but this image of Jesus standing stone-faced at the door of heaven saying to some souls, I do not know you, that's a lot harder to ponder. This morning, as I was getting ready for church, um, I was reading this passage out loud and my, my daughter heard me my daughter, Lena, and at the end of the scripture passage, she, she said, I don't like that. <laughs> you know, everybody is supposed to come to the banquet of heaven. I, I don't like this story. And I get where she's coming from. I, I definitely do. Often we are more than happy to let God be a God of love and peace and happiness. But here's the question. Can we trust God with judgment? What might the need for judgment be? Think about this. Last week on Halloween night, a student at Lincoln High School was senselessly murdered in front of his friends in an act of gun violence right here in Sioux Falls. We mourn the death of Venance Kitanango, and we pray for all those who are experiencing deep pain, grief, and trauma in the wake of this terrible event. God needs to be a God of judgment. He needs to be, for such acts of evil and terror cannot stand. The forces of sin cannot enter the banquet of heaven. They cannot so that the souls of those who have entered the joy of salvation may never be terrified again. Only joy and light shall enter the heavenly home that Christ has prepared for his own. When we entrust the power of judgment to God's care, we don't personally claim to know who is in and who is out precisely. We leave that matter of judgment to God. This is too terrible and powerful a matter for us to deal with. The prophet Amos illustrated this perfectly in today's Old Testament lesson. Alas for you who desire the day of the Lord, why do you want the day of the Lord? 
The day of the Lord is not some victory celebration of human achievement. God knows how to wield the power of judgment and wield it he will so that his justice may roll down like waters, his righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Sin, death, and darkness are God's to overcome. Through the precious scriptures we gather around today, we can entrust judgment to God and trust in this. Christ is preparing his people now for heaven through faith, and that includes you and me who the Holy Spirit is inviting to the banquet today through this word. Now is not the time of the locked door. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time for faith. Now is the time for the Spirit to fill our lamps with the oil first given to us in holy baptism. These wicks now being trimmed and nourished through God's Word speaking to us, calling us back to faith again and again. We believe that by our own strength and understanding, we cannot be made ready for the hope of heaven. There's not enough oil in this world that we could ever harvest to make this happen on our own. But to you today who are poor in faith, who are out of oil, out of hope and faith and patience and love, hear this. The Holy Spirit is calling you now through the gospel, enlightening you with his gifts, making you holy and keeping you in the true faith. Today, your sins are forgiven by his word. And on the last day, the Holy Spirit will raise you and all the dead and will give to you and all believers in Christ eternal life. This is most certainly true. Rejoice and be glad, for your destiny is not to remain in the outer darkness, to bear the weight of God's judgment against sin, death, and the devil. You are among those who have been saved, prepared for the banquet of heaven. With this knowledge aflame in your hearts, go share the good news of God's love and grace given through Jesus for now is the time of mercy and salvation. Amen.